Welcome to the Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more. Hi there, I'm Tommy Atha, Assistant Athletic Director and Head Football Coach at Darlington, and welcome to the Darlington Podcast. Today, I'm talking with a few of my fellow coaches at Darlington, Coach Melissa Smiley, who teaches upper school English and coaches girls lacrosse and cheerleading. Coach Kelly McDermott, upper school history teacher, head wrestling coach, head JV football coach and assistant varsity football coach. And Coach Lee Hadaway, uh, history teacher and head swim and dive coach here at Darlington. So we'll start off by uh, introducing ourselves and talking a little bit about the athletic programs we work with here at Darlington and what else we do here at the school. I'll go first. So as I said, uh, I'm the assistant athletic and assistant athletic director and the head football coach here at Darlington. Uh, I will be starting or just completed my 28th year here at Darlington. And in that time, have had the great opportunity to coach a number of different things. Came as an assistant varsity football coach, uh, JV girls basketball coach. I also coached track when I first came to Darlington. Um, I've served as the head girls basketball coach for several years, uh, head middle school girls basketball coach. Uh, I'm about to enter my 20th year as the head football coach here at Darlington. Lived on this campus for 20 years. Um, have worked in uh, bo- both boys and girls dorms, uh, came as a middle school social science teacher, have taught PE in the middle school, PE in the elementary school, and currently have a middle school fitness class. So I've had the great opportunity to, to see a lot of different things around here and certainly has been a blessing for me to be here. Um, Lee, kind of tell us about you. Yeah, so I'm going into my third year at Darlington. I currently teach in the upper school history department, um, and I'm the head coach of the swim and dive team. Um, and I live on campus, so I will be moving in faculty circle for this next year. But I've worked in several different dorms, um, Moser, Cooper, and um, most recently in Register. And I am excited for I periods to come back next year so we can play some ultimate frisbee again. And I also like my ultimate frisbee I period. Awesome. Coach McDermott? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, Tiger Nation. I am Kelly McDermott. I teach in the upper school. I teach AP U.S. history. I've taught modern world history. I've coached cross country, wrestling, football. I lived on campus here for five years and worked in the Moser house. The possibility or the opportunity to, you know, sort of be the, the guy that is deemed the trifecta where you're on campus, in the dorms, coaching kids after school and teaching them during school was a blessing because you get to know kids on so many different levels. I enjoyed all of that. Uh, At this time, I live downtown, so I'm no longer working in the dorms, but I do spend a good bit of time up there. I enjoyed having my children here because I like that multicultural opportunity that uh, Darlington provides to them, and um, Melissa, you next. All right, I'm Melissa Smiley, and I teach upper school English, the AP Lane classes, and then whatever else we need. I think this is my fifth year at Darlington coming up, and I've taught one, two, three, and four for English, so kind of just whatever we need at the time. Um, I coach the varsity cheerleading team, and I also coach the girls lacrosse team, and live on campus, kind of the same as everybody else. 
Um, I live in the dorm that is the Cooper Hall dorm, but this past year I have been a member of the Neville duty staff, which I loved having. I went from a bunch of freshman girls to a bunch of senior boys, so um, that was really interesting and I really enjoyed it. Um, my children, Lynn and husband and dog and cat, all live in our dorm apartment, so we, we really like that. Um, my kindergartner has lived on campus since she was a year old, and so she thinks that that's the only way that you live with a hundred different people from lots of different places, which is really fun. Um, I've coached mostly basketball and cheerleading at my other schools. And it's really funny. I'm from Alabama and honestly had never even seen lacrosse be played when I came to Darlington. Um, originally Coach Guth had talked to me because Coach Ada wasn't sure if he was going to coach one more year of basketball or be done. And so I talked to him about coaching basketball and then uh, he said, what about girls lacrosse? And I said, girls lacrosse? We don't even have lacrosse in Alabama. And uh, he said, I, I think you can do it. It's a lot like basketball. And I said, well, maybe. So I spent the, the whole summer um, watching YouTube. Georgia, Georgia High School has a girls lacrosse channel on YouTube. So I watched a lot of YouTube and got some books. And that first season, I told the refs at the beginning of every game, hey, if it looks like I'm doing something sneaky, I really just don't know the rules. Just let me know and I'll change it up. And so now going into my fifth year, I'm really enjoying coaching lacrosse and I have, you know, girls that go and play in college and um, I've gotten some good assistants that really do have a lot of lacrosse knowledge. Um, so it's a, a really fun thing to do and I've really enjoyed being a part of it. Awesome. Well, you know, as we think back on the school year that just ended and, and all of the challenges that came with COVID-19, I'm so grateful that we were able to put in place protocols so that our kids were able to play. Last year was tough when spring sports were essentially halted. So what, what are some of the some of your reflections from this year and how you work with your teams? Coach Hadaway? Yeah, so the swim team, we actually, so we were a winter sport, um, which is right when COVID was getting pretty bad in a lot of places, especially coming off of the holidays. Um, and so we had to adjust a lot, um, especially our schedule, how we work at swim meets, um, kind of how we um, run our practices. And I would say our program was really affected um, by the pandemic, just kind of logistically. Um, we had, I think, three of our four home meets were either canceled or postponed. Um, I know right before our last meet of the year, all of our officials called an hour before the start of our meet and said they would not be able to make it because they were quarantined. And that is what, while we had like our assistant coach out also quarantined. So just a lot of crazy things going on. Um, but what I, when I kind of reflect on um, the team and how they adjusted, they actually really stepped up really well as leaders and they really understood that we were a community um, and it really brought us closer together as far as having to social distance, stay in different pairs. Um, they really stepped up when we had people out um, quarantining. They stepped into a lot of leadership roles and we had a really young team. So um, there wasn't a lot of, you know, kind of traditional leadership, but we did have a lot of our younger athletes kind of stepping up and helping out where needed, um, especially since it was such a crazy year. Um, and I was really proud of them, um, you know, for following all the protocols, kind of understanding that in order for us to have a season, they had to do their part. Um, and so it really kind of played into the team aspect that we try to have on our swim team. A lot of people think swim and dive is very individual, but it really is um, a huge team culture. And so I think all of us trying to work together during this crazy year 
really um, kind of solidified that. I kind of liked what she was trying to say about um, it helps you be more flexible. Yeah. I think a lot of times in athletics, we kind of have a plan. This is how we want it to look. This is where we, this is what we do at this time mm-hmm. on Thursday. This is what we do on Friday and so forth. And knowing that that was not going to be definitely a certain way really helped the kids learn that it was okay to be flexible and we may not be able to eat at this place where we always eat or we we may not be able to have our bags packed this way but we're gonna get some matching masks and we were gonna get out there and do what we could and they were so grateful like you said Mm -hmm. to be able to to do these things and to cheer um lacrosse is a little bit different because in the spring we're a little more open um, as far as like protocols, especially in our area. Now we had some places that we traveled that, um, especially places that were like inside a city limits or a metropolitan area that we had to really go back to some very, very strict protocols, but the kids were just so flexible and so grateful, um, because they were so sad to not get to finish out things last year that it was so nice to see them grateful and willing to do things differently just in order to be successful. You know, Coach Mack, uh, start thinking about wrestling, which is obviously, you know, a contact sport in close proximity, and think about some of the adjustments you had to make in your wrestling program. Well, Tommy, you know, all fall long, I watched you model what, you know, the, the protocols would look like. And there were a couple of occasions where we had kids that, you know, had symptoms or, or actually came down with COVID. But before every workout, we were running down checklists, making sure that no one had a fever, no one had a cough, and all of those things. So, you know, working with you helped me to be prepared so that when the winter season rolled around that I was comfortable asking these questions that sometimes seem to be a little invasive. I mean, you're asking personal questions to these kids that they've got to answer out loud in front of Others, so I was prepared to do that because of, you know, working in the summer with, with the football team. But we talk about accountability all the time, and I think that uh, COVID really uh, caused us to have to ask the kids to be accountable for themselves at all times, not just while they were on campus, right. but when they were mm-hmm. out in the community, when they were going home to spend time with Thanksgiving with, you know, with their family or Christmas time. Mm-hmm. So, Wrestling's always a, a, a different bird in that there are a number of sort of vacations that the kids could or might not take. And so we were especially careful to make sure that um, we were healthy. And then when we go off and travel to our first tournament, there's no one there checking to see if we've got masks on. I was super surprised because they said that it would be under strict protocol and the rules would all be enforced. When we walked in, there wasn't a soul asking about the mask, but we had them because we were pretty accustomed to it here at Darlington. So um, it wasn't a big transition for our kids because that's what we did on the academic side of uh, the road. So it was, it was an easy transition for the athletic side. But the biggest thing that probably impacted our season was the fact that there were tournaments and uh, and dual meets that were canceled, which meant that we couldn't always get the best competition. And we were a little bit wary about traveling down to Atlanta or going out of state because uh, each state kind of has its uh, different ideas about what's the the best procedure. But at the end of the day, we come home with 
three state medals, which is um, you know not exactly what we were hoping for. But when I look back and reflect, I think that, uh, it was worth all the effort. Yeah, yeah, well, that's outstanding. You know, for me, I think it's some of the things you hit on, like just the little things that that we sometimes take for granted that we had to do differently. You know, I mean, like for example. We're used to being able to provide coolers and squirt bottles out there on the field and the kids just grab a water bottle and drink out of it. And, you know, all that had to change. Each kid had to provide his own water, you know. And so, you know, for us, each kid had his own thermos that had to be filled up and they were only to drink from that thermos. You know, I think about like travel protocols, having a seating chart on the bus and knowing who sat by who because of the contact tracing you had to go back through and everything having to be documented. So. You know, we certainly had to make some adjustments, but, but you know, I, I think I, I feel just from a school standpoint, not just athletics, but I, I feel like Darlington overall has done, you know, as good a job as possible of, of allowing our kids to have as normal a year as we could have. Um, so I'm going to ask a, the following question, or I'm going to ask you to complete the following sentence. Uh, and the sentence is coaching student athletes is such a fulfilling part of my life because okay so coach Smiley we're going to start with you coaching student athletes is such a fulfilling part of my life because because it allows me to see kids from various lenses instead of just in the classroom and you know high school kids are so multi-dimensional. You know, they may not be the greatest English student, but they can tear it up on the football field. Or they may not um, love math, but they get so excited when they're out there tumbling for cheer or when they're swimming or when they're diving. And so I think it's really important because as teachers, we are teaching them academically, but we are the people that are molding them for everything. And so you want to be that person that you can be like, hey, when they walk in the classroom, man, how many receptions did you have on Friday night? And they're so excited that you have a vested interest in their lives and what they do successfully. And so it helps you be able to understand the kids so much better when you know all the different parts of them. And I like to be able to celebrate their successes. And I like um, I like to be able to um, appreciate all the different sides of them. So that's my favorite thing about coaching. That's the most fulfilling thing to me is to watch them be successful. Yep. From your standpoint, Coach Hathaway. Yeah. So for me, I think the most fulfilling things is seeing my athletes meet their goals on different levels. So I swimming is one of those sports that yes, we obviously want to do really well as a team and we have a really strong program, um, but it's also a really cool sport because um, it allows for a lot of inclusivity as far as different like levels and abilities. Um, so I have students and swimmers who want to be on the team, but they maybe just know the basics of swim survival. And so the end goal for their season is to, um, you know, have a really strong 100 yard freestyle. And you see them just drop chunks of time every week off of um, their time. And by the end of the year, like I have a few freshmen um, my first year, when I had a few freshmen that are now rising juniors, um, who really could not swim. And now swimming is like their thing. It's like their identity. Um, they look like athletes in the water. They're leaders on the team. Um, so they've like just met a lot of little goals um, throughout their two seasons. And I'm really excited to see what their goal is going to be like for junior year. Um, and then on the other side of that, I have some swimmers who their goal is to make state or to swim in college. 
Um, and last year I saw a lot of them meet that goal as far as making state, even though, um, you know, it was going to be really difficult for them to do, but they kind of, um, they didn't give up. They continued to work towards that goal and kind of in the final hour, um, one of their relay teams ended up making state. And so it was really cool to see them reach that goal, uh, which is a pretty lofty goal. And so I think my most fulfilling thing is they can see the hard work that they put in. If they set a goal and they actually work to it, um, and then they can achieve that goal. And I think it's obviously something that they'll take with them beyond swimming or beyond mm -hmm. athletics. Um, just kind of seeing their work pay off, I think is really fulfilling. Mm -hmm. That's great. Coach Mack? Well, I certainly agree with both of these ladies. I love coaching because it gives me an opportunity to help kids to develop a positive image. I really like to see kids. Um, some have a lot of talent, some without talent, but to be able to spend time working on their craft, getting better, measurable um, improvement, it just uh, it makes my day to see a kid begin to believe in themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think really, Originally, I started coaching when I was maybe 18 or 19 while I was still in college because I loved the sport. Right. But it didn't take me long to figure out that it wasn't the sport that I enjoyed so much, but it was the relationships that I was building with the kids. And, you know, a kind of a, a humbling story was I was asked to be a community coach at a local high school while I was at Barry, And I went to the school we didn't have a whole lot of instruction when I got there. And so what I thought I was supposed to do is go out there and just beat up every kid on the team and show them, you know, how tough I was. And I did that for a couple of days. And when I come into practice that third day, coach said, uh, hey, uh, you've made it pretty clear that you're better than everybody in here. How about teaching somebody something? And, you know, yeah. to me, that was it was embarrassing, but it was really an eye-opening experience yeah. because uh, moving forward, I never wanted to beat up on a kid to prove anything. I wanted to help them to get to the level that I can remember um, some of my teammates being at. So it's about the yeah. kid. Yeah. It's, it's an opportunity to connect with the kids, and that's where my passion is at. Yeah, you, you know, it's funny. I, I mean, you, you remember Coach Sharp, but I worked for Jerry Sharp for you know 10 years, but, but Coach Sharp used to always say, you know, Tommy, I – you know, a lot of coaches live for Friday nights. I really enjoy the day-to-day -day out on the field and at practices with the kids. And, I, and then when I was a young coach, I thought, man, you're crazy. Friday night's everything, man. It's electric. It's this, that, and the other. And and don't get me wrong. I mean, Friday nights are, are great for a football coach, but by and large, you know, the older that I've become, the more that I truly enjoy, like the things you all have talked about, being whether, whether it's on the field or, or you know, uh, in in the gym or in the pool or whatever. Just the other thing I think for me is the takeaway. You know, there's a there's a local doctor. Tell a quick story. There's a local doctor here in town that came through the program when I was an assistant. Didn't play a whole lot. Never missed a summer workout. And in talking to him, you know, he was uh, in the emergency room. He was explaining how he was in the emergency room. You know, on a, on a third shift shift and everybody's tired and he's thinking in my mind I, you know I can get up and go get that chart one more time because I learned to push myself I learned that I could go further than I thought in all of those summer workouts and so forth so you know therein is the value uh, or great value to me um, 
I know a couple of us have had the opportunity to coach our own children, you know, my, myself included. You know, I've, in fact, I've been blessed to be able to coach all of my children. And, you know, I, I started coaching my oldest when she was uh, playing rec, rec basketball, but we're able to coach my two oldest daughters in basketball uh, at, at all levels. Uh, had the, uh, My son had the wonderful opportunity to coach him for four years in football and you know, now my youngest one, although I might not be coaching her, she probably gets more coaching from dad than she would like to admit. Um, but, you know, it, for me, that's been an extremely rewarding experience. And, you know, a lot of people will say it's hard to coach your own kids. And, and there's some truth in that because I do think we have the natural inclination to maybe show the other members of the team that you're going to hold your kids more accountable or at least as accountable as everybody else. And, uh, you, you know, you have to balance that. You want to push them as hard as you can, but, you know, you also want them to have a great experience as well. And, and I know I can say with experience, having watched you coach your two sons in football, Coach Mack, that there's no question. I mean, you push those guys extremely hard and hold them to a high level of accountability. But I, I think it's also been an extremely enjoyable experience for you. It's been a pleasure coaching all four of my children. Um, at the end of the day, I just want my kids to be successful. And that level of success is going to be determined by how much work they put in. And that's one of the things that um, I've always shared with them. I'll open up the door to the Jeep for them to hop out and go to practice. And I would always ask, what are we here to do? And that isn't to score more points or to do anything other than their response is supposed to be outwork everyone. So we're supposed to be developing this work ethic while we're having fun. And um, my daughter ran cross country here at Darlington. She was on the 2010 state championship mm -hmm. team. And um, I found really cool ways to find my way around the cross country course so I could see her maybe 10 times. <laughs> and, you know, she was probably a third of the way through her freshman year when I come up out of nowhere once and I was telling her what she needed to be doing and she just Heisman Trophy posed <laughs> and blocked my face out with her hand and I was like, oh, she's had enough. I get it. So, you know, it, it was a learning experience as to uh, how much is too much and how much is not enough. Um, so I learned that early when coaching my oldest daughter. And then, you know, I also figured out that um, all of my kids are different. Some of them. Yeah. They don't need as much coaching. You know, when I, when I would talk with my oldest son, he's a pretty intellectual guy, and I would start going into the details of all that I needed for him to hear, and he's like, I get it. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. So, um, you know, more than anything else, it was a pleasure for me to spend time with them and right. to know that I was investing in, right. in them and helping them to accomplish their goals. But it really gave me a chance to get to know them personally yeah. on – what they wanted to do, what they were willing to do to be successful. Mm -hmm. I would probably go with what you're saying about investing time. I've only coached my oldest daughter, have not coached my son, and probably there would be no way that I would do that, and that's probably good. And my youngest, I don't think I will ever coach her. She and I butt heads a little bit too much, but um, I coached my oldest daughter in both cheerleading and lacrosse, and I would go with Coach Atha that I know that we are harder on our own children. And my assistant coach on lacrosse tells me all the time, hey, yeah, she's got it. You know, let her go. Because 
I don't know if it's so much that you're trying to prove that you are not favoring your child or it's you just want them so much to show what they can do and, and, and they're always trying to make you proud. But um, I just, I'm like you, I enjoy just investing that time with them. And because I played sports growing up and that was such a positive experience, I like being part of those memories for them so that, you know, when she goes back and says, remember that time on, on our lacrosse team when I was in ninth grade? Remember that game that blah, blah, blah? And I do remember it in detail because I was right there too, not just, oh, did I come to that game or was there something else going on? It's nice to, to be really involved and know that and, and to be part of their vernacular and be able to speak the same language that they're speaking about the things that they're interested in. All right, so, you know, we, we've talked about how long we've been here, but Coach Atha, you, you've almost become a little bit of a legend in your own time around here. Um, you get to lead us out of everything because you've been here a while. So what, what made you get into coaching? How long have you actually been doing it? Yeah, you know, I actually, um, I've been coaching for 30 years now. I had the great opportunity to go back to mine and Coach McDermott's alma mater at Rockmore High School and coached for two years and uh, and knew it was time kind of to, to, to get away. Uh, it was uh, a newlywed and, and kind of wanting to get out and uh, had actually made plans to go coach in South Carolina where I went to college. Had tentatively agreed to go there and got a call from a good friend who was coaching here and uh, put me in touch with Coach Sharp and he said, just come take a look. And, you know, I, I certainly knew ultimately this was where I wanted to to end up making a life in this area because it's where my family's from and came to Darlington as a newlywed and newlywed turned into one kid and one kid turned into four and four kids turned into 28 years. So, um, but it's, it's been a, it's been a wonderful place for me, not only to coach, but to teach and, and raise a family. Um, you know, we're never going to be an athletic factory. That's not what Darlington's about. Um, but our mission is about maximizing the, the, the abilities and the interest of our kids. And, and I think, you know, by and large through the years, we've been able to do that. And, you know, learned a long time ago, you know, some years you're going to have better years. You know, some years you're going to have greater talent. Some years you're going to have teams that overachieve. And unfortunately, some years you're going to have teams that underachieve. But, you know, as long as you're maintaining, you know, consistency in, in what you're preaching and trying to get across and, and make sure that that you channel and enjoy what you do. Um, then, then I certainly, you know, think it's a it's a it's a rewarding experience, and certainly has been for me. Well, Coach McDermott, what about you? You said you started coaching when you're about eighteen or nineteen, while you're still in college. I did the same thing because of always playing sports. Was there a particular coach that really inspired you or made you want to be better or want to do what he or she was doing? You know, I do remember standing near the field house when I was in high school and I saw our offensive coordinator come rolling in and his 1960-something model steps out pickup truck and he jumped out. He had on shorts and um, cut off sleeves out of his shirt. He looked like he was having so much fun. <laughs> and then we go out and we're practicing and it goes from real laid back and having fun to slinging clipboards and... <laughs> Uh, you know, screaming in his, uh, you know, his, his Italian voice. Uh, you know, I, I just thought that that would be something that I would really enjoy doing, just being real laid back and having a good time and then being passionate and just getting to know the kids. So, uh, Frank Caputo kind of uh, modeled what I thought being a coach would be like for me. I mean, 
what I would enjoy. Um, so I've been coaching, I guess, for more than 30 years. And um, while I enjoyed coaching at my alma mater, we had a lot of success there. Uh, we had good kids that were interested in, um, in being the best they could be. I really came to Darlington because I thought that it would be an opportunity for me to grow academically, and I wasn't sure exactly what the athletics would look like. But when I got here, I figured out that uh, these kids are just as passionate about athletics as they are about academics, and that gave me an opportunity to continue um, to coach kids at a high level. Um, we've had a number of kids go off to great places from our football team. We've had uh, multiple state champions roll through here and go off to great places so you know what I like about coaching is it gives me an opportunity to create a vehicle for a kid to go to a place that he might not be able to get into otherwise mm -hmm. um, I think that athletics does that if they invest themselves um, like they're capable of right I agree for sure Ms. Hadaway, what about you? You you are relatively new. You know that we're talking about these long pedigrees of coaching. This is your second year. What kind of got you excited about being a coach and made you think that this would be something you would want to do? Yeah, so I swam all in high school and in college at Berry College. Um, and the whole kind of way I also coached. So I always was coaching summer league. Um, I coached more developmental programs the two summers between college. Um, and so I kind of realized even during college while I was a student athlete that I almost liked coaching even more than actually competing. Um, I was also captain of the team my junior and senior year and my favorite role was supporting my teammates more or like cheering for my teammates. Um, I cared about their success more than I cared about my own. I was always one of those swimmers that was like a relay swimmer because it was so team driven um, and I performed better when I was performing um, for people and like with a group and so I kind of realized in college that um, although I loved competing and still do like swimming um, for myself, but I really like to see others find success. And so I was really excited when um, this opportunity opened up that would be perfect for me um, academically and athletically. Um, and I definitely want to um, kind of echo what Kelly was saying. So everyone thinks I'm, you know, the fun kind of young coach and we're just gonna have a chill time. Like we'll do yoga before practice and play fun music on the pool deck. But as soon as practice starts, they, and they'll, they get confused at first. It gets hard and I push them and they're like, this how do I, what? Like, which how do I, we're, we can, can we stop? And I'm like, no. And like, I kind of turn a little bit into like the hard coach um, during practice and meets. But I think they kind of, start to realize that there's a time and a place for, you know, being fun and you want to still have fun during practice, but you also have to have, um, you know, high expectations and like a really um, strong work ethic if you want to improve. Um, and so I think that I hopefully have gained their respect as not just the fun coach, but the coach that will really not let them give up and kind of push them um, to be their best. Yeah, that makes sense. So for me, yeah, I'm, I'm the only girl, I have all brothers, and we played everything, like whatever was in season, everybody was playing. And so I had some high school coaches that I really enjoyed, but my dad was the coach, you know, for everything. Whatever we were playing rec, he made sure to coach. Um, whoever, even though we were all in season, he was coaching. And Kachetha was talking a little bit about those rides home and everything, and I remember those rides home thinking, 
please let him talk to my brother and not talk to me about, you know, how many fouls I had or whether I missed my free throw or not. Um, but so he, for me, my dad was the coach that inspired me. He He's an attorney, but his undergrad was in sports and recreation because he just was a coach. He had started coaching when he was 15 years old and pretty much had coached our whole town by the time that I was in high school. And so there was not a single sport that he didn't know a little bit about, you know. And so I wanted to be that same person. So, like, when you're a coach, you're a coach. Yeah. You, you can, even if you don't really know the sport really well, you can figure it out because it's about, you know, just figuring out the kids. And so that's kind of what it was for me, just being able to lead them into something that they enjoy doing and try to be successful with it. Um, so, so my next question is, uh, I want you to fill, fill in the blank here. All right. So I think playing a sport definitely makes the Darlington experience more meaningful for our students because what, what about playing a sport makes it more meaningful for our students? Cacheta, what do you think? Well, you know, I certainly, the, the first thing word that jumps into my mind is tradition. I mean, there's a there's great tradition here at Darlington that goes way, way, way back. And uh, I've certainly been fortunate to uh, be able to be a part of continuing that tradition. And, and that's something we talk about in the football program every year is, you know, what what is your contribution to the Darlington legacy? You know, and that's not always, you know, you don't just measure that in terms of wins and losses. You measure that in terms of, of how you carry yourself, you know. I mean, one of the things that that I knew about Darlington before I came to work at Darlington was Darlington kids were disciplined. Darlington kids played with great fundamentals, and Darlington kids played extremely hard. And you know, that's one of the things we continue to try to focus on, which is if you'll do those things, then all the other stuff, the winning, and takes care of itself. So you know, I think my my biggest thought is is tradition. Hey, what about you, Coach Hedway? What do you think is the most meaningful um, thing about playing sports? Um, I think community would probably be my word. I think there's a lot of different, obviously, um, great reasons to play sports. But especially for swimming, I have a team that would not um, you know, really have those friendships or connections if they weren't on the swim team. So um, a lot of different grade levels. A lot of my students play multiple sports. Um, and so it's kind of cool that they're in like, you know, a different environment for part of the year. Um, I have students who swim their senior year for the first time. Um, like this last year, I had a baseball player just jump in his senior year. Um, and it builds a really, really cool environment. So I know a lot of teams, especially um, their community in one way, maybe they play in middle school and all through high school together and they form kind of like a little family. But I think swim and dive is a little bit different because we have a lot of people trying a sport for the first time. A lot of international students are really drawn to this one program. Um, and a lot of students who don't really have, you know, a different kind of sports home kind of make swimming kind of their thing. And so it's a really, really unique community of all different abilities, um, levels and like grade levels. So I think it's a really cool thing to be a part of. So you said tradition, community. Coach McDermott, what do you think is what's the most meaningful thing about being part of sports? I think um, the relationship that these kids develop with each other as well as with their coaches are something that will last a lifetime. My oldest son is uh, coming home from uh, school in Virginia and he swings by um, Athens, University of Georgia, so that he can see young Tom. That's right. And, you know, they've grown up together. They've played yeah. Mike ball together. They've played middle school ball. They've, 
you know, they've just mixed it up for their whole life. So what does he want to do? He wants to introduce his new friends right. to his old friends. Mm -hmm. And so I think that when it's all said and done and the wins and losses are calculated up, what it all boils down to is the relationship that these guys will develop with each other and knowing that they've been through the grind and that they have worked hard together and that they accomplished whatever it is that they were able to do together. So uh, relationships. So yeah, community, traditions, and relationships. And mine is kind of structure. Um, I think the kids thrive on structure. And that doesn't have to be a negative thing. It's just having a plan and having a routine. And being a part of athletics gives you a structure. You know, you're going to go to school till this part of the day, and then you're going to go to practice, and then you're going to do your homework, and then you, you have to you have to manage your time, and you have to have structure. And when I talk to um, students' parents who the kids are talking about playing college sports, I'm always like, you know, the best thing about it is the structure. You know, they get to college, and you may have class for three hours a day and then nothing else to do. Well, all these kids who are athletes have had this plan for all of the time. And so... Um, Continuing with sports just provides some, some needed structure so that you're being efficient and that you're being successful instead of just wasting around. And when you see the kids um, on campus who do not participate in some other thing besides academics, they're just, they're just kind of wandering around with no real goal or no real plan. And I think the kids who are part of athletics have a plan and have structure and they know um, how they're going to get things done. Okay, so if what advice would you have for a new student coming to Darlington in terms of getting involved in athletics? You know, we were talking about these kids that play middle school together or these kids that play rec together. If you're going to come to Darlington as a ninth grader or a 10th grader and you don't know about eligibility or what you can do, um, what advice would you give them about coming here and getting involved in athletics? Coach Aitha, what do you think you'd say? Uh, you know, I would just say jump right in. You know, one of the things that I have found and I talked to, you know, kids when they first come in is, is – our kids here at Darlington, uh, you know, in, in our athletic programs are very inclusive and, and they're very welcoming. And, you know, there's we get a number of kids, residential and, and local, who come into Darlington at different points along the ladder and they're welcome with open arms and, and, uh, and become part of the program. And so my big advice to them was don't hesitate, get involved, ask questions and and come join us. Yeah, I would say um, try something new would kind of be my thing. I think Darlington has a good setup where a lot of students play multiple sports. So two sport athletes, even three sport athletes um, is not uncommon. I think there's a good culture around that amongst the coaching community as far as understanding students playing different sports, being flexible in that. Um, and so I think that if you're a new student, try something new, maybe that you've never done before, um, because you might find something that becomes your thing or that can enhance something that you're already doing. Well, I would say pull the trigger. This is not something that I've devised. I'm borrowing this from Tommy. I hear him say in practice all the time that every kid adds value to our program. And so he said this often enough for me to start believing it, that every kid, whether they're winning every match that I roll them out there in for wrestling or, you know, if they're just a great practice partner, they're valuable. So I would say join the team with whatever expectations that you might have for yourself and uh, allow yourself to be coached because we've got some great coaches around here. Our coaches get their hands on these kids and mold them the way that we think that they ought to be. Uh, they'll be successful. 
but they can just you know, pull the trigger and be coachable. All right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we'll end with a question for everyone. Say you're a Darlington Tiger without actually saying you're a Darlington Tiger. How would you describe that? How would you say that, Coach Hathaway? All right, I'm just going to give a shout out and say, go register. That's how I would say that. <laughs> Strong words. Coach Mack, go purple. Amen. Amen. Coach Miley? I would say it always comes down to lip sync. <laughs> always <laughs> lip sync. comes down to lip sync. I hear you. I hear you. Well, some of y'all have heard me say it before, and I'll stand by. It ain't nothing like a tiger on Friday night. Thanks, everybody, for being here, and go Tigers. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of the Darlington Podcast. Tune in each week wherever you like to listen to podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. You can check out today's show notes at darlingtonschool.org slash podcast. If you have questions about today's program or ideas for a future episode, send an email to communications at darlingtonschool.org. The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the communication, advancement, and IT teams, and the intro music is student-produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.darlingtonschool.org podcast.